Maybe then you can see me and I can see you Maybe then we'll come together as a people Tired of the pain cause it ain't new Let's come together as a people Even if we don't share the same view Welcome to the Jesus and Everything Foundation podcast. On this show, we look at all problems affecting the world and we discuss how we can solve them using the character of Jesus, unity, and decentralization of resources available to us. The character of Jesus, or as I like to call them, the Jesus character principles, are principles that whether you are a Christian or not, we can all agree on these principles. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. For every episode, we discuss a problem topic from our category list. You can find this list on the Foundation's website, jaef.foundation. We ask ourselves and listeners, what is the goal? What is the vision for this problem category? What are the potential solutions? What are the obstacles? What resources do we need? And what resources do we have? But most importantly, do these solutions and resources pass the character test, the nine Jesus character principles? If yes, then we move on to collaboration. What does this look like? This show is a platform to get the ball rolling on as many problems affecting the world as we can. We want to go beyond just talking about problems. So after the show, we collaborate by acting. First, we open the discussion floor to our listeners. Then we decentralize and open source all of our resources from brain power, manpower, utilities to capital. Before every episode, I like to ask our viewers and listeners, do you ever ask yourself, where are we going? Where is this world going? Time keeps on ticking, the day ends, a new dawn arises, and life goes on. But what is our destination? Do we have any global objectives that unite us when it comes to things like food, security, healthcare, education, or standard of living? It's a fair question to ask. If you work for a company or work for yourself, you have a general idea about your company's vision. Goal. So what is our goal, our overarching vision as the current residents of this planet? What role is your company, your city, your country playing in the big picture? And what role are you who's listening to this playing in this big picture?
This is episode one of the Science is God's Playground series. It's under our Curious Corner category. You can find the full list of subjects and topics we shall cover under this category on our website, jf.foundation. That is jaef.foundation. In this series, we explore the subject that science is God's playground. It's a tool we can use to draw the curtains and look inside God's wondrous creative mind. We look at this notion that there are two realms, the spirit realm and the natural realm. The spirit realm is cause and the natural realm is effects, hence cause and effects. We examine the notion that the spirit realm governs the natural realm and that also the natural realm mirrors the spirit realm. We have six senses, but the first five senses, sight, hearing, taste, smell and touch, are limited to the effects realm or to the natural realm or to the physical realm. The sixth sense is what some people call intuition. It's also what those who believe in God call faith. Now the sixth sense is what we use to discern and pick up things in the spirit realm. The question then becomes, can we really deduce using examples that the spirit realm governs the natural realm and that both these realms bear more resemblance than we often think of? But before we dive into explore, here are some thought-provoking statements that will govern our discussions during this series. First one, scientists only discover and whatever they discover already existed and was created by God. Another one, there are two realms, the spirit realm which is cause and the natural realm which is effects, hence cause and effects. Now, the spirit world or invisible world that we can't see with our eyes governs the natural or physical world that we can see and live in. Here's another statement. We have a sixth sense called intuition. It's what some of the people call faith. Those who believe in God, they call it faith. Now, when it comes to the spirit realm, this is another statement that will govern our discussion. When it comes to the spirit realm, there are two kinds of spiritual worlds. There is God's spiritual world and the devil's spiritual world, or a good spiritual world and an evil spiritual world. Now, John 4.24 says that God is spirit. Human beings are spirit beings. God who is spirit breathed his spirit in man when he created him and man became a living soul or a talking spirit. So human beings are spirit beings who have a soul which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And the spirit beings who have a soul live in a physical body. Well, this shouldn't come as a surprise because when your spirit leaves your body, your body can no longer stand on its own. It falls down, which we then call a dead body. So after we lay the foundation of these two realms, the spirit realm and natural realm, cause and effects, we'll then explore the discussion this discussion that the best solutions to today's natural problems can only be discovered if we get into the spirit realm and go back to the actual root cause of these problems. However, because we don't want to admit to this reality that there is a spirit realm and a natural realm and that one governs the other is the main reason that most of our current solutions, our innovations, our policies never seem to completely eradicate our problems. Every solution seems to create another problem. 
Today, for example, we have so many fruit problem solutions, innovations, policies, and we don't have enough root problem solutions. The reason we have so many options and solutions for everything is not because of a desire for variety. It's because there's always someone or a group of people that feel like the existing solution doesn't quite solve their problem. But this cycle is never ending. So maybe at this time, maybe, just maybe, at this critical point in human history, maybe it's time to acknowledge the spirit realm that we have long ignored as having any major impact on our natural realm or on this physical world that we live in. In this episode, we talk about invisible laws of physics or invisible natural laws like the force of gravity that have actual physical effects and mirror that to spiritual laws like faith that also have actual physical effects. We also look at the purging that rockets have to go through to get into outer space versus the purging that humans have to go through to get into God's spirit realm. However, we make the point that rockets have no say in whether to be purged or not, while humans have a human will that God has given them and He will not override it. So most times, more times than not, human beings will not submit to purging their lusts, their carnal desires, or whatever satisfies their flesh. As I always say, I don't have all the answers, but I believe we can put our minds together and get to the bottom of things. So open up your heart and mind and let's explore this subject. science is God's playground. You know, I like science. I like technology. And my background as an engineer has definitely given me so much appreciation for how this world was created. During this series, what we're going to be doing is we're going to use science to draw the curtain and look into God's creative mind. Stick with me. So we're going to look at how this physical world actually mirrors the spirit world. I'm going to be on a journey of exploration just as much as you are, because there's so much to talk about here. So I have a couple guests that have lined up and um, I look forward to having them on the show so we can go deeper on this subject. So I call this series Science is God's Playground because there are a lot of people who believe science to be the end all be all and forget some truths 
you know, they forget some facts. One of them being science discovers, science doesn't create. Now, if you want to talk about like technology and innovation, that is also so many levels below universal creation. That is the two different, um, just two different levels. One is universal. The other one is almost like a child. It's almost like you, you've got a parent and a child. Um, I know of a lot of people who are in the conundrum, you know, that I was in until about two years ago. You know, this question of what's the relationship between science and universal creation or like the physical world we live in and, and the spirit world, you know, those two camps of people, they're always trying to outduel each other. You know, sometimes you find people who they can kind of agree or see the resemblance, but they never really, they almost feel like, you know, it's, it's the deeper that the conversation goes, you know, it starts getting to uncomfortable territory because, you know, a lot of people, A, they just believe, you know, on just one side of, you know, each spectrum. And so I've had some personal experiences and, and hearing of other people's experiences that, you know, for me, my personal experiences gave me clarity and I've heard other people's personal experiences and they, it really gives you clarity on this subject. So until about two years ago, I didn't really have much understanding of the spirit world. I have to be honest, you know, how things worked in that realm, you know, albeit a Christian and a believer in God, I, I had more understanding of the physical world you know, like this natural, you know, this physical world that we live in. And as I mentioned earlier, that my engineering background played a huge role in that. So I looked at the world through that lens for the most part of it. But anyways, as I started to get more understanding in kind of getting deeper in the things of God and, and, and really understanding God's spiritual world, I you know, how he works, creation. And I kind of really try to understand how, you know, that whole part, you know, I, I, I was getting mind blown, to be honest. I, I started realizing that, oh my, like the, the spiritual world or the spirit realm, it, it's just as real as the natural realm, only we can't see it with our eyes. And then when I started to understand how things move from the spirit world to like the natural world, that also blew my mind. And then when I also started understanding how the spirit world actually impacts the natural world we live in, it was a, it was like a huge, like moment of enlightenment for me, like that conundrum of like, how do science and God relate like that all evaporated. I was like, okay, I can see it. It's 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 a new subject. It's it's a uh, for me because a lot, as I said, a lot of people think that these are two things in different spectrums. So for me, when I actually started seeing that, hey, there is a lot of relationship here. It was like, wow, this is amazing. So. 
I started to, you know, study, kind of look at things, how things work in the physical world and how things work in the spirit world. And I was like, you know what, this would be pretty cool to just kind of talk about it. And I think I think we're all going to have fun. As I said, I'm also going to be exploring and I look forward to having uh, the guests that we'll have for, for this subject. So this is Curious Corner. This category, this is just Curious Corner. On you know, on Curious Corner, we explore both worlds. You know, we look at the natural world that we live in, and we also look at the spirit world, and we try to see how they relate to each other. So there's a lot of uh, topics on Curious Corner. You know, things like creation, misunderstood, and things like that. But today's subject, you know, we're talking about how science is God's playground. You know, it's kind of like a tool that we can use to kind of look into His creative mind. So. In, in talking about this subject, you know, we, I thought that the best approach would be to start by zooming out, almost kind of ego's eye. Like, let's, are there some like statements that we can use to kind of, as a boundary, or maybe not as a boundary, as a, to provoke our thoughts? You know, you can either believe they're true or not, but this is what I believe. And this is Curious Corner. So I brought my curiosities to the table, but uh, so will other people, some other guests and things of that nature. So I try to think of some statements that we can use to kind of give us some territory where we can start digging. Um, so the first one was, okay. Science is God's playground. In a sense, was like, okay, God is higher than science. Then you're like, hmm, okay. Then the other one was, there are two worlds. You know, there's a spirit world or spiritual world, and there is a physical world. You know, the natural world, you know, the, the physical world that we live in, what you see with your eyes. Now, you know, two worlds or two realms, spirit realm, physical realm, whatever you want to go with. Now, the spiritual world or invisible world, we can't see that with our eyes. What I've learned and what I believe that it's actually what governs the physical world that we see. Hmm. Yes. I, I firmly believe now that it's the phys it's the spirit world it governs the physical world that we live in. Now, this is why I said this is we're gonna be doing some exploring. We're gonna we're gonna be digging tunnels on the on on this on this subject. This series, it's so fun. Um, it's gonna be a lot of things for me to learn. You know, there's a lot of things I might say and I might come back and say, hmm, you know, I thought about that. So we're kind of gonna we're going to grow together. We we we're gonna. Put statements on the table. We're gonna evaluate them. We're gonna dissect them, and then we're gonna see where you know where we land. But these are some statements that I've I've you know thought about. I've studied. I've done some research, and you know, my own life experiences. And and this is why I'm making these statements now. There's this theory or principle of cause and effect. Now, if you apply this principle to the physical world and to the 
spirit world, the realm of the spirit is cause. And the realm of flesh or the natural is effects. So as an example, your thoughts. So, 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 so let me, let me say this again. The realm of the spirit is cause. The realm of flesh or the, or the realm of flesh or the natural realm is effect. So you have cause and effects. Now, just as an example, let's, let's look at you as a human being. So typically you have, um, now I'm not talking about the subconscious. Then now that's, that's another subject that we can, we'll, we'll talk about at some point, but let's talk about your day to day. Many times, like if you look at, say the thoughts come to your mind, this is, this is kind of, before you get to the actions that someone is doing, you know, their character, their destiny. I believe that this is how, this is the, this is the waterfall, you know? So it's like thoughts come to your mind. So your thoughts come through your exposure to something, you know, like your exposure, like let's say it could be what you're hearing, what you're seeing that triggers some thoughts, right? And then it's like, okay, so those thoughts come to your mind. And then now those thoughts, as you said, to meditate on them, they now trigger some emotions, some feelings. You know, if it's a good thought, usually more, you know, you'll end up feeling good. If it's a bad thought, then you'll feel sad. You know, you'll start to feel things, uh, you know, you'll feel kind of what the emotion, what, what the thought is, 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 you know, what the, the type of thought. So thoughts come in, those thoughts affect your feelings, your emotions, they trigger those. Now, how you feel or your emotions will then trigger some action. Hmm. So your actions are as a result of your emotions. Or your feelings, you know, you feel tired, you say, hey, you take an action, which is what? Let me go get some sleep. You feel, um, you get a, you're, you get a thought about your last good tasting experience of ice cream. So that now triggers an action to say, hey, let me go get some ice cream. You know, so it's kind of like one affects the other, which affects the other, which affects it. So right now we're at this level called your actions. So your actions affected by your feelings, emotions. Again, it's what I believe. Some people believe this as well, you know, spoken to some psychologists and things of nature. If you have a different opinion, fair enough. So your actions then create become habits. You know, your habits are what you do the most. So your actions, the things that came as a result of how you're feeling and your feelings and emotions, which came as a result of what you're thinking and you're thinking, which came as a result of what you're exposed to. Now we are this level called habits. So you form the habit. You, you create your actions, create a habit and your habit turns around and creates you, which becomes your character. So your character then 
becomes your destiny. So it's always like, hmm, if, if you are struggling with a habit, well, let's say an addiction to something. That habit, before you do that habit, before, you know, before it becomes a habit, you know, it's, it's always the thought that comes in, hey, let me go watch this. Let me go smoke this. Let me go do this. So eventually you repeat that, keep doing it again, 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 as an action becomes a habit. Now, I believe that once it becomes a habit, then it's like now it's gone down into like your subconscious. So at certain point, you don't even, it's almost like you don't have to think about it. You, you see what I mean? It's, it's running on automatic in the background. Again, research shows that during the day, 90% of your, you know, actions, you know, decisions and how you, how you're moving during the day, about 90% of all of that is subconscious. So you're only using 10% through like your conscious part of your mind. Again, I believe that by the time before it gets into your subconscious, it's, 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 it, it, before it got deposited there, it was like a habit. You know, so now you have your habit, which, you know, starts to mold your character. Your character then can mold your destiny. Anyways, so, but you can see that before we go to actions, which are kind of like some physical, you doing something all the way back to the root, what, what kickstarted it was a thought. A thought is not something that's physical. Do you see what I mean? Like a thought is... It's a thought. <laughs> it's not tangible. But look at it, look at the effect that a thought had on your destiny, on your character, on your habit. It created a habit. It created an action. You can see that by the time it gets to you standing up to go watch something or smoke something or inhale something, you're like five steps away from something that was just intangible. There was some, let's, let's call it, it had no substance. So you can see cause and effect. Now, we can take that up as well, step it up and say, well, let's now look at the physical world and now like the spiritual world, you know, spiritual realm, spirit realm. So, so we have five senses. You know, you have sight, hearing, test, you know, smell, and touch. I believe that, you know, not just I believe, I think it's a fact, it's true that these five senses, they are limited to the effects realm. You know, they're limited to this natural realm or physical realm that we live in. Now, there's this sixth sense. So uh, this is this is what we use. This is what we use, or this is how we can discern the spiritual realm. Now, some people call it intuition. You know, for others like myself, you know, who believe in God, like we call this faith. Now, it's interesting that your intuition can be right or it can be wrong. So that means intuition or faith can also be cultivated. It can be developed. You know, you know, some people just move on luck. You know, they're like, 
well, let me try this. You know, it might work or it might not. No, no, but these there's some there's some deeper than just luck. Luck is like, you know, like I don't think when you I don't think you win the lottery on intuition. No, that's I think you you win that on just luck. Like you just have lucky. But intuition is kind of like this leading that says, hey, do this or make this move or, you know, don't do that. That's not luck. That's intuition. That's something on the inside. Now, as I say, this can also be cultivated. Now, personally, my intuition is what I call my faith. It, it, I call it faith, you know. I, I personally develop my faith using the word of God. You know, that's 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 my spiritual authority. That's what his word tells me as a believer. You know, it says in Romans 10, 17, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, I'm not going to speak much on other ways that you can develop or grow your faith or, or I mean, your, your sixth sense or intuition outside of using the word of God. You know, there's so many books out there for that. Whatever you use, um, you, you, you probably use some kind of thing to build your intuition. You know, um, my intuition, I just use the word of God. I just kind of go off of that. And of course, his spirit that 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 lives in my spirit again this is we we, we we're gonna get into some stuff here but stick with me so intuition or faith is it's it's a whole another level it, it, it's higher than the five senses of the natural it it sees things and i'm not saying with your eyes but it sees things that you can't see with your eyes like it's higher it's it, it operates and it only operates in the spirit realm so if it operates in the spirit realm and we're making a guiding principle here that the spirit realm governs the natural one then if you're only in the reality of the five senses you are only playing in the effects realm you know that's 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 what you see that's how you're moving that's you're limited there you you kind of that's that's the only thing that you're operating on is the effects realm you're not seeing what's happening in the cause realm what's affecting where you're operating so let's say you're trying to solve a problem and If you're operating in the effects realm only, you know, you're trying to figure out solutions in the natural. And, and yes, you can find interim solutions. And just as, just as an example, let's look at our world right now. It, it almost seems like every solution that we have creates another problem. I mean, like we can talk about food delivery apps. We can talk about on-demand driving. There's so many other things that we can talk about that at the beginning, it looks like, yes, like, yeah, this is, this is the thing. But then the problems that are created after that, after that solution comes out, it, you know, it creates more problems. So I, I believe that the reason we have so many options today, you know, on so many options, we have so many options for everything, you know, for so many things, you know, you can do it this way productivity apps and all of these things. 
I don't think it's because of a desire of variety. No. I think it's because there's always someone or a group of people, they, they just feel like whatever is out there doesn't quite solve the problem. Now, again, if we were talking about like, let's say we have three solutions per problem, we, you know, we could say that's variety. But when you have almost like 10 solutions, that just seems like, hey, you know, we just... We just can't get, we just can't figure this thing out. So for me personally, as an example, I stopped reading self-help books. I've read enough of them. I, I've read too many of them. I, I, I stopped reading them. It's been about two years since I picked up a self-help book and I'm happy. I advise you to do the same. <laughs> I mean, how many productivity hacks do we need? How many uh, habits of highly effective people do we need? 7, 10, 15, 20. There's always, <laughs> there's always like someone did 7 and someone 10. Someone says, no, you need 15. There's always just so many solutions, so many answers. That just goes to show you there's something wrong here. I, th I think we have so many fruit problem solutions. You know, we have so many solutions, so many innovations, so many policies, but I think a lot of them are just going after the fruit problem. Nothing is really, we don't have enough solutions that are trying to get to the root problem. And I think this is where I was like, okay, let's let's look at both these worlds. Maybe we can learn some something here that can help us to solve our problems in the natural way, you know, in, in, the, in, the, in this physical world. So now you can only discern the natural world, you know, if you, if you only discern the natural world, like if that's only, if that's now here, we're getting in a little bit of like belief system. If you, if you only believe that it's, it's, it's only like the natural world, if that's what you only believe exists, then you, you have no reason to believe otherwise that what's causing this problem in the what you see in the natural is is you know is in the natural that you'll believe that yeah the cause the root cause is somewhere here but you know if you don't believe there's a spirit realm and that the spirit realm indeed governs the natural realm your solutions are going to be limited to what you know or what you believe you know you can only go as far as you can see or what you believe so in this series we're going to explore, you know, how the physical world is a copy of the spirit world, you know, how it mirrors the spiritual world. And, you know, science is a good tool for us to do that. You know, many times when you read a headline that goes, oh, scientists have discovered this and that, you know, I think I'm, I've been there so many times as well because I spent a lot of time in that world. But you always forget the discovering and creating are two different things. You know, just because something was discovered in, you know, 2021 doesn't change the fact that it's always existed. You know, gravity always existed. We just didn't know about it or it just didn't have a name. So when we discovered it or figured out this thing called gravity, that's not when it was created. No, it was always there. 
So let's take a look and see how the physical world kind of mirrors the spirit, you know, like the spirit realm. Let's look at uh, some laws of physics. So you have laws of physics, and then you also have, you know, laws of physics, you know, for the, for the natural realm. And you also have spiritual laws like faith, you know. Now, remember when we used that example of a thought, something that was not tangible that caused a tangible effect, you know, a thought turned into a habit. Now, the, the physical law, the laws of physics and spiritual laws like faith, they're all invisible to the natural eye. They're all invisible forces until exerted on a physical object. So, you know, like gravity, gravity exists, but you can't see it. You can only experience it once you try to move in that opposite, you know, op, you know, try to oppose it. it. It exists, but you can't see it with your with your eyes. But you cannot say just because you can't see it with your natural eyes, you can't say that gravity doesn't exist. That would be stupid and dumb. So it's the same thing when it comes to other things in the spiritual world. Because just because you can't see them with your eyes doesn't mean that they don't exist. Do you see what I mean? So natural law and spiritual law, natural laws and spiritual laws, you know, they, they, they are, you know, they, they are both all invisible forces, but their effects can be physically experienced. Now, that was an example of gravity. Let's look at another example. Let's look at fear. You know, fear, fear is an invisible force that causes physical effects. Now, most of them, if not all of them, they're negative. Fear is an invisible force, but it can cause physical effects. When the spirit of fear or when that fear comes onto you, when you start to feel that, you know, it can act on your nervous system and your physical body and make you anxious and cause sickness. It can alter your heart rate. Now, let's take another, the opposite of fear, which happens to be faith. Now, faith is a spiritual law in God's spiritual world. Faith, you know, God uses faith, the devil uses fear. Again, stay, stay with me here. So we have fear on one side, which is this thing that will cause you to become anxious. It cause you to become sick and, and it can alter your heart rate. Like this is real fear. Imagine physical effects, but it started as something you couldn't see. You just felt it or you started to imagine things. Thoughts came to your mind and they cause actual physical effects in your body. Now, faith is also an invisible force. Now, we say God uses faith. Now, faith is an invisible force that can work in the opposite direction of fear. They're all on the same plane, but in opposite directions. One's negative, one's positive. So, faith can heal you the same way fear can get you sick. Faith can heal you. You know, faith can lower your heart rate. 
Mm-hmm. So you can see the these worlds, they're not separate. You know, the spirit, the physical world and the spiritual world, they work together. We just don't always think about it. You know, we pick and choose when they should work together. You know, when it's life and death situations and, you know, I mean, when it's, we, we tend to choose, you know, when, when to kind of buy into if the spiritual world has effects on our physical world. As I said, fear, it can affect your nervous system and your physical body. Faith. Faith. So let's let's just talk about faith for for a few for a few moments here. Now faith is spiritual law according to the Bible. Faith is spiritual law. It's how God moves. It's how God works. Now Hebrews 11:1 1 says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now some other translations say faith gives substance to things hoped for. So on the other side we looked at you know, what fear can do, you know, making you sick and, and causing your heart rate to go up and, and just take you off the, just take you off the train tracks. But now we're looking at faith, which is another spiritual law. So to best understand faith, I'm using God because he's the author and finisher of our faith. That's kind of where this principle comes from. The only thing is that When it comes to faith, to, to best understand how faith works, uh, I have to invoke uh, God's spirit world. So we're going to go up there and I'm going to talk about some things to kind of best explain this whole principle of faith. Now, faith, although, you know, I, I said it's, it's the sixth sense of how we discern things in the spirit realm, especially, you know, God's spirit realm. Now, faith is also based on his word. It's kind of like you make a move because you believe that God will make a move. Or, or you make a move because you believe God has made a move because, you know, God is, you know, like he's, he's whom you've ascribed your your spirit to so your faith comes out of a confidence that when i need this it's going to be available because god will make it available for me so that's but but first hold on hold on now that's kind of where that intuition comes from so you can see we're saying that faith faith or this intuition however you cultivate it now this is if you're a believer this is how you cultivate your faith and if you're not a believer you may not understand what i'm talking about but faith is is best on the word of god because it comes by hearing the word of god so you read the word and it's it speaks to you it's it's almost like this the spiritual words again you may not believe this but you can have two people both read the bible these people who are not christians who don't believe in god 
who have memorized the Bible from the front, from Genesis to Revelation, but they can't, they don't have the revelation that I have because they, the, the spirit of God is not opening up those words to them. They, they are reading them face value. When I read them, it's, I see levels deep. There's a communication that, that comes to me through those words into my spirit and fires up my intuition. It's from those words. So you and I could have the same Bible, but if you haven't given God, God to be like your spiritual authority, you can read the Bible. You can open it up and read that thing, and you will not see things that I see. I will open it up in certain situations, life and death situations, and that book will speak to me because the, the, the word... It says that God is spirit, but he also says that the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. So those words in that Bible, to some people, it just looks like words. But to us who have ascribed our spiritual authority to him, he talks. I, you know, I talk to God daily. It might come as a surprise, but that's because I talk to him through his words. Once I open that book, my spirit receives that communication through those words. It's, it's magical how it happens. Those words just go from just plain words on a piece of paper to, to something else. They go to, they, it goes from words, from information into revelation. Now, so God is spirit. He's invisible. You can't see spirit things. We, we, we can't see spirit things in the eyes. Now, how can you discern, someone say, okay, so you're talking about a spiritual world, but how can you discern that it's even there? Like, well, one of the things that I, I like to point out to people is this. Okay, God is spirit. He's invisible. You can't see spirit things with, with your natural eyes. Now, to discern him, you have to operate in his medium of communication or discernment. So you have, you have to get into a spiritual domain to discern, to discern God, who is spirit. You can't discern spirit from the outside. So there's a way in which you can discern him. Now, stick with me again. Most people just don't want to purge themselves to enter the spiritual realm in which God resides. Again, he, based on his word, the Bible is the word of God, but based on his word, he's saying, my words are spirit and they are life. So once you open your spirit up to his spirit and you read those words, those words become his word of talking to your spirit. So that's how you enter the spiritual realm with God. You cannot just be on the outside and discern whether God is there or not because you, you can't see him with your eyes. So you have to enter his spirit realm. Now, the problem comes that most people don't want to purge themselves to enter the spirit realm, the spiritual realm in which God resides. Now, here's another thing. Entering the spiritual realm and communing with God or getting, getting to feel him and sense him, it requires purging your flesh. You know, but people don't want to do that. You remember when I said just because gravity, you can't see gravity doesn't mean you can't, it, it doesn't exist. 
it's the same it's the same principle with this uh, spiritual realm of god or with god just because you can't see him with your natural eyes it just doesn't mean that he doesn't exist there's a way to discern him it's just that you can't pick up on it until you you get into his spiritual world and there's a way in which to get there and i believe the devil also has his own spiritual world i've spoken to people who have been in that world and how they get in there so you know we have i think one of the we have an episode on that it's a it's a powerful uh inside story you can check it out on the podcast as well um so that doesn't mean because you can't see god with your eyes that he doesn't exist now Let's also look at this, because this is also interesting. The same people, you know, human beings, human beings will purge things like rockets. You know, will we'll engineers or, or, yeah, will build rockets. So we'll build rockets and purge them, you know, like make sure that their structures are able to be heat resistant to a certain degree and all of these things to cooperate with the physical realm in which these rockets are being sent now just like these rockets just like they have to transcend earth into space to step outside the bounds of gravity you know they, they have to go past that point whereby gravity has no more uh, has no effect on them so but before they can do that they have to be purged or engineered I'm using the word purge because I want to relate it to kind of when it comes to us human beings and relating with the spiritual world. Rockets, this physical substance, they have to be engineered in order to go from one realm into another realm, albeit still kind of like within the same physical realm. But in order to cross over, we engineer them. Now, human beings, in order for them to step out of their five physical senses, into like this faith sense or the spirit realm where God resides to experience the force of God or the power of God, they, <laughs> so you remember we said that, uh, I was saying that gravity, you can only experience gravity when you do something that opposes gravity. So the effects of gravity, the physical effects of gravity actually exist, but you got to make a sudden move in a sudden direction for you to experience that. It's the same thing when it comes to the spirit realm or discerning God and, and experiencing the force of God or the power of God. You have to get into a sudden space, a sudden sphere in order to feel that power and be like, whoa, this is real. Now, as I was saying, just like you have to reach a certain speed and have specific engineering design to break out of Earth's atmosphere into space, likewise, you have we have to subject our human bodies to specific rigorous preparations to be able to enter the spirit realm where God resides or where he dwells or experience him. So we're now looking at rockets and human and, and you know and and, and and the human bodies. And our human bodies, you know, both rockets and the human body experience extreme forces of resistance as they are transitioning into their intended destinations. You know, rockets experience heat, pressure, uh, drag, all of these things. Humans have to deal 
with sacrificing time to spend time with God. You know, you have to spend time reading his words, which are spirit words. They are life. So humans have to keep fighting off their carnal urges. You know, God, you know, God is a holy God. So humans have to deny their bodies certain exposure, substances, visual content, EDC, to ascend deeper and deeper into the things of God. Now, of course, you can't enter God's spirit realm with some unholy stuff, like let's say unholy music, unholy movies, or you being under the influence of some substances. Now, you can't do that. But the thing that I always ask myself is, we do it to other things. Like, <laughs> we train dogs. We train dogs. We put them on a leash. We want them to be the best dog, best behaved dog in the park. We do these things. We subject other things to all this, this purging, this training. But whenever it comes to us to be purged, to step into high authority, oh, that creates a whole bunch of problems. We don't, we don't want to do that. Again, it goes back into like humans have willpower. You know, we, we're the, out of every living thing, we have the most willpower. So I guess it makes sense that we're the most disobedient. So I personally think that because humans don't do this often enough to experience, you know, to purge themselves so that they can be able to enter the, to get deeper into God's spiritual world and to experience this power of God, I think, I think we never get to have the evidence that would just remove this doubt to whether the spiritual world is real and whether God is real or not. You know, we, we, we never get to have all the evidence and supernatural experiences that would eliminate these doubts. Now, these people that do have them. But if you look at the world population, 7 billion people, and you also look like these Christians themselves who never get to experience the real power of God, because they also never purge themselves to a degree that they need to, you can see that you have more people than more people who are not experiencing this power than people who are. So it's almost like if you're just going off of, of like, you know, if you just, if you just, you know, the stats, you can start to see why there's more like, I don't know, like this God thing, the spiritual thing, man, you sound spooky and, and all of that. But it's because it's just not enough people, you know, you, you know, they, they're scattered, you know. Yes, there's a lot of people who claim to be Christians, but many Christians never really get to experience supernatural experiences because there's another degree that you have to get to to experience that. So that's kind of been um quite the foundation for us there's, there's a lot of things that um i just want to lay the foundation and then we can start to look at some examples there's some some really cool stuff that we're going to be talking about you know so we'll call it a wrap we'll leave it at that and um yeah we'll see you in the next episode thank you for tuning in In the next episode, we'll look at some examples of how the physical world mirrors the spiritual world. We'll look at how in the physical world, in humans and spiritually, the tendency of things is to move towards disorder. The physical creation in humans 
and energy systems all share this phenomenon of moving towards disorder instead of moving towards order. This was part one of Science is God's Playground. Your host for today was Calvin Cavanda. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode. Thank you.